0: Lob Talk Radio.
1: Hey, everybody, welcome to the Keeping It Human Improvised Marketing Show. I'm so glad to have you here. And um, my gosh, it's a beautiful day, and I hope wherever you are, it's a gorgeous day. I'm Kathy klotz guest, your host. I'm the founder of Keeping It Human. And we air most Thursdays. Every once in a while, I'll be traveling, and we won't have something that week. But for the most part, every Thursday, we're here. And our goal is to bring you inspiring stories, tips, and sometimes we like to talk to people not just about the tips, but the stories behind their journey, because I think we can learn a lot. We can be inspired by their journey. And when you get to talk to really amazing people who've done some really cool things, I think we can all benefit. So that's really the goal here, is to, is to entertain, I think, educate, and inspire. And I, I got a couple questions on the book front um, from listeners of the podcast, and I said I would announce it when the title is in, and I have a title for the book, um, the subtitle still in but the actual title now, I'm happy to announce is Stop Boring Me. So the book is going to be about using improv techniques to create better storytelling, better content, come up with bold kind of fun content ideas. And the whole thread is using improv and improv games that you can do with your team and you can replicate at home. And I give instructions in the second half of the book on all that. So I'm really excited. So uh, Stop Boring Me is the title. And that, that's like a load off now that we have that. <laughs> (laughs) All right, well, I'm going to get right into it because the less time I talk, the more time we have to talk to Brian. So I'm just excited because we're going to chat to him about his journey from – still still works at, at Pure Matter, but from being a co-owner of an agency to becoming this amazing social influencer, he talks a lot about embracing your inner Fokker, and I have to laugh because I'm a female Fokker, and I know I got a lot of Fokkers out there. <laughs> We're all Fokkers, and I love that, and I think everybody should embrace their inner Fokker, and he's got all these lessons um, I'm sure that he's learned along the way about the human need to connect and share, and he's just a really super nice guy with a great great easy smile, so let's give you the couple. Uh, sentences here, the Reader's Digest version of his bio. Brian Kramer is an international keynote speaker. He's a best-selling author. He's written h to h and Shareology, his, his latest book. He's a strategist, and he's consulted with a lot of Fortune 500 clients, including Harvard, IBM, Cisco, TED, MasterCard, Dell, NASA, so many more because he's a busy guy. And he helps them humanize business through advances in marketing and social media, and that's really important today. He's the CEO of Pure Matter, and they are a San Jose-based agency. He's just up the road from me, and I just saw him this week at Social Media Marketing World, and he did a great job. And his latest book, Shareology, made the USA Today's top 150 book list, as well as number one on Amazon in four categories. So let's just bring him on the line, and let's just jump on in. Let's not have me talk, but let's bring him on if I can get this working here. All right. Hey, welcome to the show, Brian. Hey, how are you doing? Thanks for I the am nice doing intro. great, and yeah, my gosh, it was so great to have you. How, have you recovered yet?
0: <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> uh,
1: no. No, nor have I. Com- nor have I. Conferences take—they're so much fun, but it's like I feel like they take so much out of us. But they're, it is fun to see everybody, and it was a gift to be able to see people I hadn't seen in a while.
0: It sure was. That's what I love oh, about it.
1: Oh yeah, no, and and your talk was great. I want to jump right in because you've got so many. You, your head must be spinning. You, you know, you you left. I don't know how many years ago. And I'm, well, you're still involved. I shouldn't say left, but you got your agency, Pure Matter, up to a certain place with your your lovely wife, and then you said, you know what? I want more. I'm sure when you went out there and started writing books, you had no idea that you would become this like amazing social influencer. What's this journey been like for you? Is your head spinning yet? And you know, what's been sort of what have you learned? <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, my head is definitely very much spinning. Um, I did not expect anything more than um, some some great connections and some some meeting some great people along the way. And and for um, both books to take off like they did was very very cool. Um, and I I'm very honored and and humbled at the amount of people that are constantly reaching out for both platforms and, you know, saying how much it touched their lives and, and reaching out. I love, you know, some of the tweets that I get and some of the people that come out and talk about certain things. And it just really spurs me on. It keeps me, you know, excited about what I'm doing and, and, and going. And yeah, so we, Courtney and I have had pure matter now for 15 years and there was a moment in time where I was very excited to, um, or, or even, you know, more in, um, a, a desire or a need to get out and, and help be um, a part of evangelizing the company and then doing so because of social media and because of what it offered it kind of was that dual purpose platform that enabled me to do that and um, with that team speaking and making sure that I got out and started to understand you know what my platform was and so I went through what I think probably a lot of your listeners have gone through or are going through, which is just discovering yourself and figuring out, mm-hmm. you know, what what message you have, what you have to offer to the world, what you can speak about, what you can write about, and starting to form your opinion. And, you know, some things I planned, and some things just happened to me. And that's like the embrace your inner soccer part, um, where I just mm-hmm. shit just happened to me all the time. But, um, <laughs> but there's a lot of. Uh, there's a lot of things that didn't and um, that I did really work hard at. And um, so it takes really a good combination of the two. Yeah,
1: no doubt about it. I And you talk about sort of discovering what you wanted to do. What was that like for you? Because I think you're exactly right. We all have a desire, I think, as entrepreneurs and, and businesses, to get out there and bring our gifts to the world. And sometimes we're not sure the best way to do that. And what yeah. is there a process that worked for you that helped you really hone in on that?
0: Yeah, um, for me, and, and, you know, everybody's different, so I'm not sure if, you know, if, if I'm, I'm going to be the, the template that fits into each person's life, but I will say this, that everybody has um, a way of helping someone else. Um, and when you start to help other people, you're going to get some, something in return. It's just the, the law of attraction. And, um, and what's going to happen is as you start to help others, starting to, they're going to start to reach back and thank you because it is a thank you atmosphere. And when they do that, or when, when you can make a connection with another human being and you start to tell, tell tell their story, then it starts to help connect you with other people. And that just connects you with however many people a year, if you could imagine doing that you know, almost weekly, if not every day. And so that's mm-hmm. really what I started to do. I started out by helping to do kind of what you're doing here on your show and helping to tell other people's stories. And I would do that through uh, uh, like I started doing it written, so I started everything with a blog um, years ago, and that was my my main focus. But it quickly escalated to um, uh, audio to video, and I really love interviewing people. So getting people onto camera and actually having them tell their story in kind of like a Charlie Rose atmosphere made me feel like mm-hmm. I was a, like this grown up Walter Cronkite, and so I was just <laughs> like, oh my god, this is fun. And that that's really where I found my 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 passion was sitting in front of people and asking them questions like this that helps other people grow and it quickly kind of escalated into um, executives and uh, even people like Ted Turner and um, CMOs and CEOs from a lot of big tech companies and and before I knew it people were asking to be on the show and I knew I had something then when people were asking me to be on my show I was like holy crap like this is awesome.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So no. and, and no, and that's such a great thing. It, just getting started and getting out there. I think that's so important. And you're right, when you know, I, I love inspiring people, I know you do too, and there's something really amazing about that. There's something we can all learn from somebody else's story. And I think helping somebody else to, to tell that story it really is a gift that sort of helps everybody, and I think that's, you know, you've learned a lot about connecting, and I think you are this, this major connector. Um, are there any kind of tips sort of you learned in along the way? And I I know there's no cookie-cutter model for it, but are there some, like, big, you know, one or two tips that really helped you that you think could be of service to other people?
0: Yeah. Um, yeah I mean, the first one is to embrace your inner Fokker, which we mentioned oh, yeah. up front. And, um, and I, and I really, I know we we're joking about it, but the more that you can learn to do that, the less fear you're going to have getting up and doing these kinds of things. Yeah. Cause I think most people probably don't have the training that you do. Um, uh, you know, even with your improv and everything that you do with comedy, um, it allows you the flexibility and maybe the confidence to get up in front of people and do what you do, which you do so well. Um, and, and it t- it takes sometimes people a long time to get that confidence and their message and everything down and I think, you know, part of it is just um, is just embracing that. It's embracing the the side of imperfection because there is no perfection. It's understanding that you are going to get, make a mistake and that, you know, hey, worst case scenario, you walk out and you do it again at the next time, you do it again the next time, you do it again. And that's what I, I did. I, I said yes for a full year. I, I asked, pleaded, begged, borrowed, stole everything that, that I could to get on stage in front of anyone for a year almost – I'd talk to a wall if I could. And after a year <laughs> of like speaking, you know, two, three, eventually four times, like all all uh, times a month, I I I I started to understand where I could get better and how I could get better as a presenter, and feel way more confident and and just um, in what I was uh, either saying or making up on the, and either way I felt confident about it, and and that's the key is the, is that you just feel confident about what what it is that you're. Saying Because then, then you can marry that with the stuff that you already do know. Like you are passionate about one thing. You do understand your job, your role, your things that you've really studied. I mean, everybody is an influencer on something. So you got to be an influencer on that one thing. Now, how do you present that thing to the world? Well, embrace your inner fucker and get out there and share it.
1: And, and, and you connect people, too. And I, and I want to deep dive a little bit more deeply into this inner Fokker because f- for folks out there that may not be familiar with it, do you want to kind of give the backstory? If you haven't seen the movie, <laughs> um, maybe you could give the backstory, because this is such an important point And I just love that you bring this up and that you, you admit it and you do it in your presentations because I think it connects the audience to you because we're all Fokkers. Uh-huh. I, I always felt like I was – I'm just going to say it. We're all different, you know, toys – on the island of misfit toys. It's just, which toy are you? Like, we're all just trying to figure out where we fit in. And right. it's so refreshing when a speaker just admits it, and it's like, yes, because we're all thinking it, like that each one of us <laughs> is a Fokker. We are, and it's so great that you can, it's liberating to go, yeah, I'm a Fokker. <laughs> and so, Brian, can, you, can, you, can you kind of tell the audience a little bit about that and what it is and sort of the origin of that? Because I think it's so, so smart.
0: Sure, yeah, no problem. Um, So,
1: uh, yeah, uh, being Gaylord
0: Falker is the character in Meet the Parents with um, Greg, oh, shoot, um, what is his real name? Ben Ben Stiller. Stiller.
1: Ben Stiller, yeah. And
0: so so years and years ago, uh, I think it's like 17 years ago is when the first movie came out. The reason I say that is because I was dating my wife at the time. And um, and we did go see the movie, and we were sitting in the movie, and she was just bawling, laughing, crying. It was so hilarious to her. And um, we walked out, and she looked at me. She said, I was watching you the whole time, and you did not make – you didn't, like, laugh at anything. And And I said, yeah. I didn't think it was that funny. And she said, how can you not think that movie's funny? And I said, because that's my life. And she said – are you kidding me? You have got to learn to embrace your inner Fokker. I said, remember the volleyball <laughs> scene? And she said, yeah. I said, yeah, that happened. I did that. Remember the the uh, uh, roof with the light, the uh, flame? I, she said, yeah. I said, yeah, I did that too. And, and she's like, oh, my God, this is crazy. So here I am, like, explaining this. And then she's telling me I need to embrace my inner Fokker. And ever since she said that, it really – made such an impact on me because I knew that you know it wasn't something I was used to the la- at laughing at myself I always thought that yeah. you know these were idiotic moments and they probably were I mean they still are but um, <laughs> and I'm still sorry for each of those incidences but at the same time it's kind of funny now looking back we all have these little stories right and um, you know whether you did these like crazy things like like I did it or not you that you meaning the audience and anybody listening to this did something in your life that is so funny to other people and it is so it makes you so human and if you were to able to remember those stories and and represent them back to people it would connect you back with people not to say that you have to go out and shout out from the rooftops exactly what you did in certain instances but but I think in most times it really plays a part so I started incorporating that into my life and into what I do. And now I am who I am when I speak now versus like even in my personal life.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's such a powerful thing. I mean, the minute you embrace that sort of who you are, everybody goes, oh, okay, good, you know, it's like they know it, they know it. I mean, you know, I always say that there's, like, nerdy, then there's, like, visibly nerdy from space, and I'm in the second camp. <laughs> but I think, <laughs> it like, it's like I know it, and I'm I just, I'm just, comfortable with it, and I wasn't always comfortable, so I totally appreciate your journey towards embracing that inner fucker, because it, it's a journey, but when you get there, it just makes everything easier, doesn't it?
0: Oh, totally, totally, yeah. especially as as new Fokker moments happen,
1: oh yeah, <laughs> exactly, and they will, and they will you know i I often thought <laughs> I should write it's sort of like the you know the akin to your inner fokker it's like i should I should probably write the nerdy girls like guide to to like networking. Um, and like and all the mistakes that I make, you know what I mean. Just being kind of nerdy yeah. and a little bit sort of uh, wonky in the way that I am, and I, and also a, a humor nerd, you know. And so, right. but you know, the more you embrace it, I think, to your point, the more it connects you. And you you mentioned, I think, at social media marketing world. Um, which I thought was really great. You said maybe if I got it right, maybe about a quarter of the time or about a third of the time, you know, for every you know seven or so posts that are m- maybe more business oriented, you know, you let, you know, you'll have three that are, you know, um, out of the ten that are just more personal and funny and humor, and yeah. y- that way you're really staying connected to that human side.
0: Yeah, it's I call it the rule of thirds. It's that based upon the rule of thirds after. Um You know, if anybody out there is is a photographer or or loves taking photographs, you'll know the pictures are more interesting when they're taken, um, when they're offset. If you take the picture so that it's centered every single time, it becomes a very boring picture. Um, So if you look at some of the pictures in your albums or even just in artwork in general, it's always offset to the left or to the right or just kind of tilted in some way. And that's called the rule of thirds. Now, I think that everything in life should be that way because that's what makes us three-dimensional human beings. And, and so if we were to go uh, share to the center, meaning sharing the same thing every time just about business or just about something specific like you know, our kids or something about like, that one thing that you're sharing all the time, you become uninteresting. And that's not to say you're not an interesting person. That just means that you're sharing things that aren't three-dimensional to who you are. And so, by taking this idea of the rule of thirds and sharing equally across the board in certain areas, like tips and news, is one rule of thirds. Um, yeah. Something about your company is a rule of thirds, and then something funny and about yourself or about others as another third. And you start to spread those somewhat evenly across the board. You're going to be way more interesting to, to partake and listen. And that's that's basically like it. That's 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 how um, I think not just in social media, but in life, if you were to share that way, it would definitely help improve your uh, emotionally connected skills.
1: I think it's so important and so true. Absolutely. I think the minute I sort of, you know, made a decision a few years ago and I, I so echo what you said, when you really let that down and embrace that it, people just, they get it. They're like, I see who you are. And I think we're all that. I think the authenticity paradox is that we all want to be seen for who we are, but I think a lot of us don't really show who we really are because we never get to that lower third that you're talking about. And in order to really be seen as a whole person, that, that lower third is really important, that last third of personal. Um, God, that's so important, you know, because now I know something about you. I know something about how funny your wife is. And, like, I, every time I see you, I'm like, hey. <laughs> because, like, I feel <laughs> like I know you as a person and as a personality and somebody with a sense of humor, and it just makes the world a difference. And I think that's such an important point, you know. oh, thank yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Let's let's talk about your TED talk because I think you and I talked about that and I think that's such a fascinating thing and I was so appreciative that you you told me about it and you you did this TED talk it was a great TED talk and you talked about with me about because I, I have this theory that we're all business improvisers. We really are, and improv isn't isn't just coming up with nothing. It's preparing, but then knowing when to let go. It's like it's like what Mark mm. Schaefer did, you know, at Social Media Marketing World. What he told me after his keynote was that's what that was, and I was like, that's exactly what you did. And I think that <laughs> you 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 talked about how. And I don't I want to say too much because I want you to tell the story, but you, you told me about how you had this gut feeling, but they really wanted you the way TED works is to script everything, to script every word. Um, can you tell sort of the folks listening, you know, what was told to you to do, follow the script, and how you finally just went, no, this isn't me?
0: Yeah, um, it was uh, a long road working, or working on a TED talk. And it is, I think, for any TED talk, for anybody that does one, um, it's it's a it's a lot of work. Um, there is a little bit of a difference between a TEDx and a TED, where um, with TEDx it's um, it's 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 not uh, actually deemed by TED, meaning it's it's more of a um, uh, um, like an offshoot, meaning that when you put your talk together, you're really working kind of on your own. Because this was an actual TED experience, I was actually working with. Um, uh, TED coaches, and I got a um, curator, a head curator, who, who actually ended up being this um, really super awesome lady, uh, Juliet Blake, who was the uh, senior producer with Oprah and Steven Spielberg on the 100-foot journey, and um, she coached me through the whole thing, and I ended up putting in probably, I think we, we, we uh, estimated around 300 hours over the course of four months. I think it took me to get to the point where I was, I was ready to give my TED Talk. And I came down to, it came down to the day before. Um, you know Every TED speaker stood in front and gave their um, – they're not long, so they just gave their 15-minute presentation. And I totally bombed it. Um, absolutely, horribly worst thing I've ever done. I couldn't believe it because here's this thing that I practiced that much – and I just completely bombed it. It was not a funny <laughs> – yeah. looking back, I don't even know why I'm laughing. But it, it was like crazy. So um, Courtney was standing in the back. She knew what was going on. Um, Juliet, who was in there, and she'd been practicing with me, and she, she kind of had a sense. And the thing of it is, I'm not a script uh, person. I can't go off script. And Ted is very scripted. Um, yeah. You write the script, you memorize the script, and you you um, you almost not you, you have to read from the, the memorized script. And I can't. That's not that's not me. Yeah. So I don't think I'm gonna be good in Hollywood. When if I if they ever come knocking, I, I I'm not sure I'm good for them. Anyway, they um, they ended up uh, she ended up saying, and Courtney said, Hey, he speaks from his heart. Just let him do it, you know, from his heart. And they ended up both that day ripping up the script right in front of me, which was so relieving and um yeah. and at the same time it also actually frustrated me because I just practiced the damn script for three months three months <laughs> and if they just told me that three months ago that would have been a way
1: right weird. right
0: but um I was like really the day before so right. um, so anyway I got up and I gave it and I honestly like uh, you know for the next day I didn't practice it I didn't do anything kind of like what you said about Mark I Went out to dinner with the group that night, and next morning I woke up, went to head. I didn't really go over it in my head at all too much. I just kind of gave caution to the wind, got up. And I'd say that I probably gave about 60 to 70% was scripted, and the other um, rest of it was not because of the fact that I had had practiced it so much it just rolled out and did what it needed to do. Mm -hmm. So I was really happy with it that way.
1: Oh yeah, and the, and the difference in just being able to embrace those moments of spontaneity and connect with the audience, and not worry about getting every word right, and I think that just makes a difference. And it just, I think it's, and I'm not a script person either, and I, I you know, I I never have been, which is probably part of my improv brain. But I, to me, the beautiful moments of connection you can't always plan, and you need to be able right. to sort of deviate, you know. And I think that just makes a difference. And if, and and I I totally get what you're saying because I think. If somebody handed me a script and said, "Please memorize this," I, I you know, I, d- I did a one-woman show last year, and and that was terrifying enough because I couldn't memorize that much material. So I I think I did like you sixty seventy percent was probably fairly tight, and the other third was just completely interacting with the audience, and and I think it worked mm-hmm. out better that way. I think it was better. Yeah, totally. Yeah, absolutely. For sure.
0: I I agree with that. Absolutely. And you
1: you do something at the end of your talk. Um, you can check out the TED Talk. You can Google it. It was with the IBM. Um, you can Google it, everybody. But you did something I thought was really great. You actually made a call to the audience. You invited them to participate, and you asked them to share something. That if if they could share something, um, what would it? How would it change the world? And so, you know, you know, you've got an audience here that's going to listen to this. And what would you like? people to, or what would you like to invite them to, to, to share, the people that listen to this to share? Yeah, so um, actually if
0: you go to my Twitter handle, um, at Brian Kramer, Brian with a Y and Kramer with a K, um, if you go, to the, go there, the, the pinned tweet at the very top is, um, is the tweet that was shared that day at the TED Talk, and I've kept it up because I just it reminds me of what it means to share and what sharing can really do. Right. And um what I asked everybody to do, so if you if you if you're listening, you can go to go to the go to my Twitter handle, go to the very top pin tweet and um, and you can retweet that with your own idea of what you sh- what you share and how you can change the world and you can do that right now using the hashtag uh, sharing inspires and that's what we did that day. so um, we asked everybody in the audience to take a picture of the screen behind me and share an idea as to what you could share that could change the world, and we wanted to prove that this idea of sharing um, one idea, one simple little idea could help move the needle. And so we showed it. Now, within one day, it's hard to, t- hard to show the um, qu- uh, quality of what could happen over the course of 30 days, but um, given, given what, where we're at, what we're talking about, we showed it over the course of the day. And um, now this is the first time that Ted actually allowed mobile phones in or any kind of devices into the theater. Normally, Ted um, has a rule that says you can't, you can't bring a mobile phone in and use it because they just want you to listen. So this um, concept actually went up to the CEO of TED, and he ended up approving it based upon the idea of this concept that they could prove it. So that put added stress onto me, thinking, man, I hope I don't screw this up. Like the first TED, they allow cell phones, and (laughs) it bombs. And um, so I was, like, very nervous that at the end of it that it wasn't going to work out. But it did work out it worked out really well It ended up trending um, globally on twitter and we ended up having um, thousands and thousands of people tweeting in on ideas and it just caught off and it caught caught on and it took off globally and i have a um, an image you probably saw at social media world when i presented this that so yeah. shows how um, how the influence of these shares can spread virally throughout the or throughout the globe and how, um, how different people influence the actual transaction and the actual sharing that spreads from country to country to country. And what, mm-hmm. what it basically proves at the end of the day is that, that, um, that if, if you can go back to the head influencers, the lead influencers for each continent or each country or however you wanted to divide this up, it could be psychographic or demographic, but however you want to divide it up – you can come back and you can you can um, go back to those same influencers and within the same topic or genre, you probably recreate it and not have to do it from the TED stage, because those people have more influence combined than I did from the TED stage. So if I went back to them and I actually shared it again, then that proves the value of influence, which which is why influence marketing is becoming so big and advocacy is so big and so on and so forth. Yeah. So it's kind of what I was trying to prove there is not only can we change the world through sharing, but Influence matters even more now than it ever has globally.
1: Yeah, absolutely, no question. And that's you know, and if you get a chance, everybody do check that out. Go to at Brian with a Y, Brian Kramer, and go check that out. And if you can share something that inspires people, that's a really important thing to do. I think that's a great call to action. Um, and the book, the latest book is Shareology. He's also the author of h to h something I definitely agree with if we could all be more human. So some really great tips here today. You know, connect with people. Help tell their story. When you help somebody else, it comes back to you. I think that's really the basis of, of influence. Connect with your inner Fokker. I love that. I think we all have an inner Fokker. It's such important take down that wall to really be human. Get you know, don't think of it as being you know um, vulnerable. Maybe it is a little bit, but it's about really letting the real you connect, and that's super important. Share when you can share, and you know, listen to your gut as Brian says. So if you're an unscripted kind of person, and I certainly am, you know, follow your gut, and because unscripted is real, prepare but then be willing to let go and be in the moment and be present. So those are some really awesome tips. I can't believe the time went by so fast. Talking to you was so much fun.
0: <laughs> thank you so much. I really appreciate it.
1: <laughs> oh, it's my pleasure. We're going to let, let you get caught up on some rest before we do it again. So, Brian, thanks so much for being on the show.
0: Uh, thank you. It's always a pleasure. Appreciate
1: it. Uh, you got it. All right, everybody, you can – Check him out again at, at Brian Kramer. The book is Sherology, And what a great guy! And I'm sure I'll be bumping into him soon. I'll be at Content Marketing Conference. But he will be there as well. Um, what a great show. We'll have to do more. I know he's a busy person. But I hope you find some tips there useful. If you find things useful, please use them. And also, feel free to go to the blog and tell us what you liked and all that other good stuff. All right, everybody. I'm keeping it human, so fighting the good fight, you keep it human, too. I love seeing your emails and what you want to know more about. And we will see you on the next one coming up in May. All right, everybody. Thanks. Thanks.